Today is Thursday, May 5th, 2022, and I spent last night with Donald Trump at a private event in Mar-a-Lago. You gotta hear what he told me. Joe Biden also says that the MAGA crowd, the people I was hanging out with last night, is the most extreme political organization that's ever existed. And since Joe Biden's been around for exactly a thousand years in the Senate, boy, you'd think he'd know, but he doesn't. A plurality of likely voters wish to overturn Roe v. Wade, and John Durham wins fight to get some of Hillary Clinton's documents. What will happen? Dun, dun, dun. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Welcome to The Benny Show, ladies and gentlemen. It was always and is always an honor to be at Mar-a-Lago, and we were at Mar-a-Lago last night having a very spectacular time for the premiere of 2000 Mules, an incredible show by Dinesh D'Souza, the movie that I suggest that you go and see. Fascinating stuff about election fraud and about voter fraud and a systematic cartel that engages in it. Again, we encourage you to watch it. You can see our full interview with Dinesh D'Souza on Rumble. But last night we went to Mar-a-Lago and we got to see Donald Trump up close and personal and... Of course, as always, there is a real problem with cell phone service around Donald Trump. If you've ever been in the same room with Donald Trump, you'll realize that the Secret Service has like a, a machine that shuts down cell phones. We tried to go live, we tried to post content, and it literally reduces your phone down to zero. And so we wanted to talk and open our show today about what we observed last night with Donald Trump. We've had the privilege of being with Donald Trump backstage and at various events, being able to see the man up close, interview the man a couple times, and really join back and forth with him. Donald Trump is a specimen, ladies and gentlemen. It really is remarkable to see what the man has gone through and then to be able to see him up close. We were able to chat with him last night, sat right next to Trump. I think we have a photo here of how close we were when we were watching the movie. You can see Donald Trump's beautiful mane of hair there. We were in the row behind Trump. Can you see right there? Donald Trump, that beautiful hair. I kind of stared at the back of his head for like three hours. But I have three major takeaways from this event and Trump's private comments. There, It was in a small ballroom. It was at Mar-a-Lago at his estate down in Florida. And it's really interesting to see Donald Trump in his own element. It's kind of neat to just sort of see him when he's relaxed, when he's comfortable, when there's no media in the room. Again, this was a closed press event. And you really can't get a cell phone working around the president. So it's nice to see him sort of like in his natural habitat. And here's the three major takeaways. Takeaway number one, Donald Trump is aging in reverse. Donald Trump is looking better than I've seen him look in a very long time. He was fresh-faced. He looked like he had lost some weight. He was spry. He stood up and gave an extemporaneous speech for like 30 minutes, just kind of like threw out his notes and just started talking. And that's the second thing I wanted to discuss with you, Donald Trump made me miss Donald Trump as a president. He started to speak about Zelensky and he spoke about Vladimir Putin. He talked about how dangerous the world's getting right now under Joe Biden. And he talked about how scary things are as it pertains to nuclear war. He discussed in detail what life was like as president dealing with world leaders. And it made me miss a guy who could just like call up a dude and have a beer with them. I don't think Donald Trump drinks, but 
like sit down with another world leader and solve problems. We had a very peaceful world under Donald Trump. There were no major new wars. In fact, we were scaling back war. The world seemed to be coming to a more peaceful place instead of a more treacherous place. Do you remember when Donald Trump walked into North Korea, communist North Korea? Do you know we're still at war with North Korea right now? That's happening. We're still at war with the North Koreans. It never ended. Your grandfather fought in this war 60 years ago, and it's still going on. Donald Trump was welcomed into North Korea by the communist dictator of North Korea, Kim Jong-un. You remember the photos, they're classics, and whatever you think about the man, no new wars. Now he was talking about Putin, he was talking about Ukraine, he was talking about the suffering there, and he really spent a lot of time in his speech discussing what it was like to work with both of those leaders and how easily this entire conflict could have been resolved if you had just been able to have a conversation open, honest, and frank with both of those leaders and discuss it. Now, you may remember that Vladimir Zelensky was a, I mean, I don't know if he was a friend of Donald Trump, but they certainly got, seemed to get along well on the world stage. Uh, you might remember that Vladimir Putin uh, worked with Donald Trump and, you know, while there were sanctions and so on back and forth, there wasn't any open aggression. They met, they talked, they discussed things. Now it seems as though the world, of course, is getting embittered. Things are getting dangerous. And as Trump said in his speech last night, he went on and on and on about this, but the word nuclear is being used. It's very scary. You're not supposed to say that word. It escalates. Escalates, and the Russians are saying that word a lot. Trump then went on to discuss, obviously, uh, voter fraud, election fraud, and what needs to happen next in American life. And this is the third thing that I think is very interesting. The question on everyone's mind is, is Donald Trump going to run in 2024? And I think that is obviously the most important question in our base and for this movement. However, this is a real problem for Trump because Trump was sitting there saying, I don't know if there's going to be a country left to run for. It did not seem as though he was 100% decided upon running. Now, this may sound a little bit dark. I think it has a happy ending, but Trump obviously went into what the Biden election uh, has resulted in and just took out an icy cold sledgehammer and just started hammering Joe Biden, talking about exactly how disastrous all of the many things that you have going on in the country right now and saying, hey, listen, like in two years, we were able to turn this country around. In two years, Joe Biden's been able to undo everything we've done and he's really harmed us. And so will there even be a country to run for president for in 2024? It was a very, very dark thing to say, but a very true thing to say. And then Donald Trump began to really discuss the people who he believed that from the date he won the presidency, November of 2016, the people who continued to push for Hillary Clinton, the narrative that Donald Trump wasn't a legitimate president. They pushed that narrative for a very long time. They set up Russian collusion. They essentially entrapped Donald Trump with the deep state and federal law enforcement, entrapped people like General Flynn, who was there in the audience last night. By the way, shout out to a star-studded audience, David Harris Jr., James O'Keefe, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, just to name a few, a lot of rock stars. Rudy Giuliani was sitting right next to me. Great people in the audience. It's really just nice to like jaw with, with people and like, have, you know, like laugh a little bit. But Donald Trump wasn't laughing when he was describing the reason he would run again. The reason he would run again would be revenge. Donald Trump, if you read The Art of the Deal, he is very much motivated by people who wrong him. The Art of the Deal, Donald Trump, a young billionaire in New York, talking about how he essentially took over the city through focusing on revenge, focusing on the assault on people who had wronged him, whether it be Trump Tower or Woolman Rink. Donald Trump was always 
aiming for those who had done wrong by him. And now that is the major motivator in 2024. Some people call it dark MAGA. Some people call it, you know, the Trump revenge tour. Uh, whatever you wish to call it, that certainly seems to be the motivator for Donald Trump. So if he runs in 2024, it's going to be a very different race. He's going to have something to run against. In 2016, Donald Trump was had never run for office. He had never stood for office. So he wasn't necessarily running against anything. Donald Trump had Hillary Clinton at his wedding. Did you know that not since the pandemic have stocks slid as much as they slid just last month? Quarterly earnings are abysmal. The economy is shrinking and mortgage rates are going through the roof because the Fed knows that an overheated economy and hyperinflation is going to lead to disaster. And it's already here, ladies and gentlemen. Stagflation and the worst economic climate in many decades is upon us. What are you doing to protect your wealth? In the Johnson family, we're using our friends at Birch Gold. We are buying precious metals and diversifying into something of real value. My wife and I, invested for the first time last month and Birch made it so easy. For the first time, we have our future protected by precious metals. We diversified into a tax-sheltered retirement account with gold and it couldn't have been easier. Please text Benny to 989898 to secure the gains you've made while you still can. Every roller coaster comes to an end. Every night at the bar comes with a hangover, and we are here. Do not get a headache over losing your fiat currency because of the dumb decisions made in Washington. Invest in something of real value. Gold, ladies and gentlemen, through Birch Gold, the only people I trust with my future. Text Benny to 9898 and start protecting your future today with gold. Donald Trump had donated to Chuck Schumer and Hillary Clinton, and I'm not sure if he donated to Barack Obama, but like Donald Trump had donated to many New York Democrats and so on and so forth. So Donald Trump didn't have the same chip on his shoulder, I suppose you could say, and so it's going to be a far more savage Trump. And you saw a savage Trump last night. The bonus uh, item from last night, uh, Trump's event, is... Donald Trump's hilarious. Donald Trump was making fun of male athletes, uh, uh, playing female athletes in the NCAA, and just going hard in on that. This is a massive culture piece that Donald Trump went in on. And we're excited to see Donald Trump jump into the culture war. Obviously, this is where he's at his best. But Donald Trump did an impression of a male weightlifter going uh, uh, and, and competing against female weightlifters. And so Donald Trump, in his suit and everything, like was on stage fake lifting weights like fake lifting, lifting weights, bing bong, bong, bing, 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 bong, like making noises and, and jokes. And so he was lively. He was aging in reverse. He's very, very keyed in on what's going on in Ukraine and what's going on in the country. And he's very upset. <laughs> Those are my updates from Donald Trump last night. The movie, spectacular. I encourage you to go see it. Decide for yourself what you think needs to happen next. We did an entire nearly hour-long interview with Dinesh. I encourage you also uh, to watch that. Dinesh was sitting there right in front of me. He got a big clap on the back from Donald Trump after the, uh, after the movie was done, and it was a good old-fashioned time. Jesse Kelly was also in the audience. Uh, Terrence Williams, just a great crew of patriots and individuals and a really nice time at Mar-a-Lago last night. So that's the Trump update from last night, fresh, fresh off of hanging out with Donald Trump. And again, literally sat right behind the dude. He was uh, also munching uh, popcorn the entire movie. He had this big thing of popcorn. He was like going in on his popcorn and talking during the movie. It was great. Didn't want to be too rude, taking too many photos, but it was neat. You've never seen a closer up uh, Donald Trump quaff of hair 
than that. So that was Donald Trump last night talking about what MAGA will look like in 2024 if he indeed runs. And it certainly seems like he's motivated to run, motivated now by anger, rage, and revenge for a system that tried to destroy him and indeed took definitely a pound of flesh out of the dude and kneecapped him at every turn, every time that they could. It'd be a totally different country, I think, right now without Russia collusion. It'd be a totally different country without COVID and hysteria. However, here we are. We're in a place right now where Democrats are gearing up for their own 2024 nightmare, and Joe Biden is having to ratchet up the conversation, ratchet up the hatred. They can't run on their record. Their record is a record of abysmal failure. What are they going to run in 2022 on, right? They're going to run on uh, 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 the border. They're going to run on security uh, internationally. Of course not. They're going to run on Afghanistan. What are you going to run on? Inflation? What? Like, Name a single thing, truly. Like, Tell me. Name a single thing that Democrats can run on in 2022. Like, why? Like, why? Like, why? T- tell me the thing that you would vote for Democrats for. Give me a thing. I, you can't. You can't. And so the groomer Democrat party is going to need to deeply and quickly rebrand. And so what they're going to do is they're going to focus the attention on MAGA. That's right. They're going to focus the attention on the MAGA party. Here we go. Joe Biden says that the MAGA crowd is the most extreme political organization that has existed in American history. Oh, well, that's very interesting. Listen to this old, dementia-riddled, nursing home patient say something out of his applesauce-covered face hole. That got struck down. Griswold was thought to be a bad decision by Bork, and my guess is the guy's on the Supreme Court now. What happens if you have a state changes the law saying that, that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that, is that legit under the way that the decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history. Okay, so two quick things here. The MAGA crowd, you're talking, so you're talking about Roe v. Wade here. Uh, by MAGA crowd, do you mean Catholics? Do you mean the church that you are a part of? Do you mean your own faith, sir? Do you mean your own pope, sir? Do you mean parishioners across millions of them across America and the globe who are Catholics? That is your church. That is the congregation and the uh, brand of Christianity that you adhere to. And there are many brands of Christianity, but Catholics don't play when it comes to the issue of abortion. Catholics are pro-life. If you ever go to the March for Life, the vast majority of attendees at the March for Life are from Catholic schools, Catholic colleges, young Catholic kids. It's very encouraging. It's very neat to see. And Joe Biden is sitting there calling that view the most extremist view in America. You are part of that view. This is what's boggling to the mind. You're part of that. Joe Biden, you are a member of a church that is against Roe v. Wade and against abortion. Why don't you give up your Catholicism? Why don't you ask to be excommunicated? Why are you going to the Pope? Joe Biden went and saw the Pope, I think, uh, maybe last year. He went to the Pope. A lot of comments about uh, Joe Biden crop dusting through the Vatican. Uh, You know, I'll leave those up to the tabloids. But ladies and gentlemen, this is a major issue. Joe Biden is sitting there talking about MAGA being extreme for wanting Roe v. Wade to be. You are currently a member, presumably a tithing member of a extremely large international organization known as the Catholic Church that wants Roe v. Wade to be overturned. Not to mention the fact that his rhetoric assumes that the KKK isn't an extremist group. So MAGA is 
MAGA is more extreme than the KKK. Got it. How about the Confederacy? How about the Weather Underground? How about black nationalist groups? How about BLM? How about Antifa? Yeah, MAGA. MAGA is the group that burned down America to the tune of $2 billion worth of damage and a lot of innocent people killed. This man is so diseased. This man is so poisonous to our, uh, to, to our n national conversation. It is incredible. But this is all they have. What is he going to say? This is all they have. They've been sitting there waiting for something that's not inflation or not illegal immigration, something that's not the national debt, something that's not Ukraine. They lost on that too. Something that's not COVID. And so here it is. This is their Hail, this is their Hail Mary, for lack of a better term. Uh, pun intended. Uh, Joe Biden essentially sabotaging his own beliefs, sabotaging the teachings of his own church. Joe Biden talking about Robert Bork back in the 1980s. Joe Biden has this extremely long history of sabotaging and slandering members of the court. You might remember what they did to Justice Thomas, but Justice Thomas actually wound up on the court. Robert Bork did not. Joe Biden said, it reminds me of Robert Bork. Bork believed the only reason you had any inherent rights was because the government gave them to you, Biden recalled. When I was questioning him as the chairman, I believe you have rights uh, that are not given to you by the government. You, you believe because I'm just a child of God, I exist. This is, of course, Joe Biden being quoted directly, which of course, which naturally will make zero sense. And so, yeah, you have this situation where Joe Biden is essentially making a pro-life case here by saying, wait, you do have rights outside of the government. It is truly remarkable. Joe Biden has gone out of his way to make the pro-life case here, uh, by the way. Joe Biden has said that in recent comments, if you are having an abortion, you're killing a child. That's what he said two days ago, Joe Biden on a tarmac, saying, hey, abortion kills a child, using the terminology child, right? So this is something that ardent and rigorous pro-choicers, pro-murder uh, caucus doesn't ever want to use that kind of terminology. They want to dehumanize and often dehumanize. These are the kind of people who dehumanized slaves in American history. These are the kind of people who are for dehumanization of the kulaks if you're in Soviet Russia uh, or various unwanteds if you're in Nazi Germany or just the Great Leap or your own people if you're in the Great Leap Forward in Mao Zedong's China. Margaret Sanger, of course, we've played you those clips earlier in the week. Margaret Sanger had the same idea. Margaret Sanger saying, Hey, listen, if life is inconvenient, we must get rid of it. Joe Biden making the best case for being pro-life here, uh, presumably by accident? I don't know, but it is really remarkable to see how bad they are on the messaging here. They can't define what a woman is. They can't define whether men or only men can get pregnant. Jen Psaki couldn't figure that one out during a press conference. And they're telling you, my body, my choice. I was waiting for them to dig that one up from the basement. The my body, my choice thing from the vax to work group of people, from the mask to two-year-olds group of sycophants. These people are mentally ill. Everyone rejoiced this last week when Elon Musk bought Twitter for $44 billion, and we thought that maybe he'd be taking that company out of the leftist cesspool and into the land of free speech, but he's not out of the woods yet. You see, Twitter is still platformed on Amazon web servers. Those are the racks and the servers that could pull Twitter offline if they don't like what Elon Musk is doing. You don't think they'll do it? They did the same thing to Parler. They offlined the entire platform and crashed it because they didn't like what was happening on it. This is how evil and how incestuous the left has become with their control of the internet. It's why we need a new American internet and it's why we are 
So thrilled to be partnering with RightForge.com. RightForge.com is the true American internet and founded on American free speech principles. That's why BennyJohnson.com is hosted by RightForge. RightForge is also bringing back President Trump to the internet by hosting Truth Social, a new online community for free thinkers and free speech. It's amazing to have a company that is investing in the real wire and infrastructure, the routers, the servers, the racks that make the internet possible. And if we don't go down to the very core, we'll never have free speech back. The core of American values is what drives RightForge. And we encourage you to go to RightForge.com. That's RightForge.com. And talk to them today about bringing your domain over so you are uncancelable by the left. RightForge.com. Joe Biden saying, now what happens is if you have states changing the law to say that if children who are LGBT can't be in classrooms, you're going to have to show me where that is. Show me. Where's the legislation saying ban gay kids from classrooms? Can somebody, somebody, somebody reach in to all of the legislation that is available in every state legislature right now and you're going to have to show me. Where is that? This is all they have to run on is demagoguery and rage and anger and fury and insanity, because this is like just really predicated out of absolutely nothing. What are the next things that are going to be attacked, Joe Biden said? Because the MAGA crowd is the most extremist political organization that's existed in American history. He corrects himself and says, recent American history. Yes, yes. The most extremist organization, political organization that has existed in American history. Whew, ladies and gentlemen, you could argue right now, and you could absolutely take and stake the claim that the modern day left is indeed the most extreme organization in American history. You could stake that claim. Just go walk up to any Antifa member and ask them what they believe. We had a uh, Antifa rally in Washington, D.C., and I went and asked them uh, back when I was working at the Daily Caller what they would do to Donald Trump if he showed up at the rally. And all you got to do is go watch that video to find out exactly who are the murderous thugs and the extremist communists who are willing to commit violence uh, in the pursuit of power. By the way, barricades up at the Supreme Court today. I wonder why. Why are the barricades up at the Supreme Court? The Supreme Court has been ruling against conservatives and conservative values for 40 straight years. They've never had to put up barricades for the right, but signal that you are going to make a decision that will make leftists sad and the barricades and the go up and the mob police go get armed immediately. Hmm. What does that tell you? Jen Psaki couldn't even defend Joe Biden's position on abortion. This one's great. I'm telling you what his position is. Psaki defends Biden on Roe v. Wade is about aborting a child, slams Republicans for focusing on the Supreme Court uh, leak and not its contents with their war on Mickey Mouse. I love this so much. Okay, so Jen Psaki is getting completely tongue-tied yesterday, got wrecked by uh, who else? Peter Ducey, when asked about Joe Biden's changing, ever-changing positions on this key issue to his religion. You'd think that this would be something extremely important for Joe Biden to be consistent on because his religion hasn't changed and the religious teaching of his church hasn't changed. But here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Here's what Joe Biden said about aborting a child, as we referenced in the last segment. The idea that we're going to make a judgment that is going to say that no one can make the judgment to choose to abort a child based on a decision by the Supreme Court, I think goes way overboard. 
Okay, abort a child. That's the kind of language that you're not allowed to use. At least the pro-choicers would scream, it's not a child, demonically. Jen Psaki had her own demonic scream when asked about this at the White House. Have a listen. Uh, another one about abortion. Why is the president talking about the judgment to choose to abort a child? Well, the president's view on a woman's right to make choices about her own health care is well-known, well-documented, well-stated. He said abort a child. I understand, that... Peter, but what I'm telling you is, is what his position is. And Hmm, okay, well, so what is his position? Not his position? He said abort a child, meaning that this is a child, that you are killing a child, and anybody who has had a child knows that this is indeed a child. My child was never a clump of cells. She had the spark of life. She's two weeks old now, but she had the spark of life since the moment that my wife and I found out that we were having a new baby. To dehumanize that, again, is completely evil, and it goes through the legacy of the leftist death cult that has been ongoing for many, many years. For the last hundred years, actually, in the last century, the left, the left has become a death cult, and you've seen the horrible results of that all around the world. The dehumanization of people never ends well. They are on the side of American slave owners, the modern-day left, on this issue, and indeed, if you Go check out Margaret Sanger, the godmother, uh, the Wicked Witch godmother of Planned Parenthood and of abortion in America. You will find that indeed she is a racist and she was extremely happy to have Planned Parenthood target black babies. That's the reality and even Planned Parenthood has had to essentially disavow Margaret Sanger. Evil stuff, disavowing Mickey Mouse. This is very interesting from Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki going after the Republican Party saying that they're having a battle with Mickey Mouse. Is this the best bumper slicker you're going to get for 2022? This is the best that Democrats, Jen Psaki, like the master spinster there for the Democrat Party. If she can spin for Joe Biden, she's the best in the business. Let's listen to what Jen Psaki had to say in her attacks on the Republican Party. Uh, and what we're seeing, uh, the latest antics, uh, are, make clear that they are at war with Mickey Mouse. Uh, they're against allowing women to make choices about their own health care, against lowering the cost of prescription drugs. And if that remains their platform, the president's view is that is out of whack with the mainstream of the country. So that's where you ask Jen Psaki, what is a woman? So they're against women making rights, making choices for their body. Okay, that's fine. Jensaki's used that line before. What do you mean by woman? Why don't you explain? Like, let's dig into that. Like, what do you mean by wo woman? Do you mean menstruating person? Do you mean identifies as a woman? Why don't you define it for us, Jen? Why don't you go in, Jen? There was a uh, Catholic reporter that asked about a similar issue, and Jensaki was like, you are not a woman. You've never been pregnant. Okay, Jen, well, what is a woman? Really important question to ask in this time because they're losing the battle here. You can't have enough duality in your brain. You cannot have so much duality in your brain and remain consistent and believe that you are going to win over the vast majority of American voters when in one hand you're telling them that there is no such thing as a woman and then on the other hand you're telling them women's rights are all that exists. And in one hand you're telling them that they must follow the science and mask and have a vaccine to work. And on the other hand, you're saying, my body, my choice, hands off my body. You can't win. And everybody knows that this was leaked for political reasons. And it's certainly endangering to the Supreme Court members who are 
making this decision and the American public is not with them. The plurality of likely voters support overturning Roe v. Wade. This is according to Breitbart in recent polling. This is bombshell stuff and we're going to get into more of it tomorrow when we're going to go through all of the polls for the modern American viewer on abortion. It turns out that a country that is a moral country that has life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness woven into its founding isn't going to be supportive of child murder up to the point of birth, right? Or, goodness gracious, I mean, the California bill, depending on how you read the California bill right now, the California abortion bill, like, childbirth, child murder after birth, like a sacrifice to Mulock. Or do you remember Ralph Northam, the disgraced governor of Virginia, saying that the child will be kept warm and comfortable if the mother decides to keep it? I mean, this stuff is so, so demonic. It's so unbelievably evil. And it's incredibly radical, even based on the laws of Europe. European nations, most European nations, have a 12-week ban, essentially, on abortion, up to 12 weeks. And then after 12 weeks, there's a ban on abortion. Most, Even most European nations are saying, hey, uh, it's super evil to suck a child's brain out of its skull into a sink while it's ready to travel through the birth canal. So, guys, you got to understand how radical the recent positioning of the Democratic Party is. I mean, it really is un. Un, uh, unattainable. It, it, it's, it's unsustainable. Forgive me. Unsustainable because people aren't buying it. People are going to see through it. The open border stuff, the inflation, the pricing, the gender identity, the gender fluid stuff, the indoctrination in the schools, and now this abortion issue, you are losing the majority of American people. The vast majority of American people. Let's get into the article. A plurality of likely voters over, uh, support overturning Roe v. Wade, Rasmussen reports. The survey presented respondents with the following. According to the leaked draft of majority opinion, U.S. Supreme Court is prepared to overturn 1973 Roe v. Wade decision that legalized abortion in the United States. Would you approve or disapprove of the Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe v. Wade? Overall, a plurality, 48%, said they would approve of overturning Roe v. Wade. 32% strongly approve, 45% disapprove, and of those 35%, they disapprove strongly. So what it really looks like here is that you have slim margins for people wanting to overturn, and you have like strong, entrenched minorities of people who make this their personality trait, okay? And that's a good thing. We are ardently pro-life on our channel. It's something that I 100% believe in, especially after having children. I always assumed I was pro-life and then I had children. And then you're like, whoa, like super pro-life once you watch the miracle that is having a child. And so, ladies and gentlemen, you're sitting here looking at these numbers saying, what's the reality to come out of this kind of a decision from the Supreme Court? The reality isn't that abortion is illegal. The reality of this decision is that abortion will be relegated to various states that will allow it, much like concealed carry or marijuana or other controversial practices in this country. So what you're going to have is you're going to have like, you know, like essentially abortion up to no limits on abortion in New York and in California. And if that is your personality trait, if you truly are a worshiper in the temple of Mulak, then you can go live in those states. Uh, if you 
wish for a culture of life as our founders intended. And if you're a moral person, then you'll move to a red state where there will be severe limits on abortion, maybe total limits on abortion. Oklahoma uh, is pushing for a total, what, what was seemingly a statewide ban on abortion and expect states that have super majorities in their legislatures to go that way because Republicans, Christians, most moral people, and Catholics, the Catholics who are part of the same church that Joe Biden is in, uh, believe at their heart of hearts and with absolute moral imperative that abortion is a illegal and sickening act and that it should absolutely be banned. So that's that is, the, that is what the majoritarian belief is here, according to this poll taken on May 3rd, 2022, 1,000 voters with a three-plus percent margin of error. It follows Monday night's leak of a draft Supreme Court opinion on Roe v. Wade saying that it must be overturned. The other thing is that the left has been losing ground on Roe v. Wade for a very long time. The number of abortions in America used to be sky high. And then as contraceptives, various contraceptives and... Um, uh, technology sort of catches up. The number of abortions have gone down significantly in this country, which I think, you know, most moral people would say is a, a wonderful thing. And with the dissolution of Roe v. Wade, hopefully that trend would continue uh, all the way through the very floor. Uh, so the opinion that looks like uh, Chief Justice Roberts is still sort of on the fences uh, will be unfortunately, delivered in the next coming months. So now we're going to have an extended period of time where people are unsure what this decision is going to be. We are perfectly in favor of the Supreme Court. Just give us the opinion right now. Guys, just like drop the opinion. Like, let's go. Let's, let's be done with this. Like, give us the opinion and let's get on with our lives. Let's not like draw this nascent argument out and let the rage build. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Let's go. Take out Roe v. Wade. Take that horrible and that awful abomination to the Supreme Court uh, decision out of there and let's hand this thing back to the states. Because if you're looking at an issue like this, and I, the only other thing that I take away from, the only other thing that you can take away from this, this polling that seems like so, you know, like half and half, while, I, while a plurality of people want it to be struck down, you have 35% and 35% essentially that are saying like, yes, abortion, and that are saying like, I strongly do not want abortion ever in this country. You have like these two percentages. That seems like an issue that's like concealed carry. I, this seems like an issue like uh, the Second Amendment. There are like a lot of people that hate gun ownership in America. They'll never be a majority. And there are a lot of people that want like uh, unlimited, no, you know, no, no permits at all, open carry everywhere you want to go. I happen to be on that side of the issue. If you read the Second Amendment, it says shall not be infringed, and it certainly doesn't limit what shall not be infringed, okay? So the right to bear arms would mean the right to bear all arms. So, you're, you know, if you're going to have, want to put limits on that, you're going to have to, the left is going to have to go about, like, restricting the Second Amendment as it's, as it's ruling. They won't do that. Of course, they're going to wait for judicial fiat. They would never dare... But this is like the kind of issue that is like a, an issue that should be a state's issue. I guess that's what I'm saying is you want to open carry? Go to Texas, man. Where's open carry uh, legal? There's a lot of places in the country where open carry is legal. And you just walk in, you get your firearm, you put it on your waist, and you walk on out, go directly to the Chick-fil-A. And, hey, that's a culture issue. 
This also a culture issue. We believe that this is a moral imperative and that the abortion issue is indeed a moral issue uh, as well as a cultural issue, obviously. We are against abortion. I do not want abortion to happen. I don't care how inconvenient your child is or what the situation of the, uh, the, vanishingly, the vanishingly narrow uh, amount of uh, situations where you may conclude the uh, child was conceived in rape or so on. It's, ladies and gentlemen, life has value and I believe all lives matter up front. That is my core belief, and that's where we stand on this issue. I also believe that, you know, the Second Amendment shall not be infringed. Pretty harsh language there for the Constitution. So, Second Amendment absolute, uh, absolutist and a pro-life absolutist on this show. We are also a pro-justice absolutist, and John Durham seems to be delivering extra justice, hopefully, as he wins a fight to get some of Hillary's Fusion GPS documents. This our final story today. John Durham will get access to Hillary Clinton's GPS Fusion GPS documents. Special Counsel John Durham won a victory on Wednesday. This, according to Breitbart, in federal judge in Washington D.C., agreed to compel the production of documents that Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign were protected by attorney-client privilege. Durham is prosecuted is prosecuting former Hillary Clinton lawyer Michael Sussman for lying to the FBI when he claimed to be an acting as a private citizen in providing false information purporting to link the then-candidate Donald Trump to the Russian government Alpha Bank. The New York Post posted this earlier in the week. In court papers filed last month, Durham said that the Democratic National Committee, Hillary Clinton for America, Fusion GPS, research company, and powerhouse Perkins Coie Law Firm, where Sussman formerly worked as a partner, have withheld and or redacted documents as communications that could potentially be used against the defendant. So what is the basis of this ruling? The basis of this ruling is criminal conspiracy. If one person goes in and robs a bank, well, then that one person is acting alone. They get their money. They get prosecuted. Hopefully, they get caught by the cops. They get thrown in jail, right? If that one person robs a bank, but he's one of like seven people that rob a bank simultaneously uh, across a city, and though all those people are being run by a organization that is teaching them how to rob banks and that is asking them to rob banks and that is facilitating and paying them to rob banks, well, that's called a criminal conspiracy. And that is where John Durham is heading here, right? John Durham is heading here towards the criminal conspiracy angle, and this is what we spoke with actually a little bit about with Rudy Giuliani last night. Rudy Giuliani used to wrap up the mob like this. It was a RICO case, meaning he could essentially have the mob take take the mob underlings, the muscle, those guys that were committing the crimes, you get them, you get them to turn on the person who gave them the order, and then the person who gave them the order, you bring them in, you pressure them to turn on the person who gave them the order, all the way up the chain, and you're able to then file a criminal conspiracy. This is what Durham is doing here in this case. The Clinton team is really upset about this, but that doesn't matter. Here, let's continue to read. In the motion, Durham argued that the documents he sought were crucial to demonstrating the relationship between Sussman and 
others, even if the substance of the documents were to be redacted. The court will review the documents in camera, that is behind closed doors, before deciding whether or not it will be turned over to the prosecution. That's a little strange. The court also reviewed 38 documents, 1,500 of which the defendants and their associates have asserted privilege, according to the Washington Examiner. However, others could be introduced in future trials. It remains to be seen how the judge will rule on the privileged claim after taking a look at the Alpha Bang-related documents. 30 are internal fusion GPS emails and leaks that relate to tech executives. The judge asked Durham prosecutor Jonathan Algor whether Durham would come back with, other, with another 1,500 documents, and the judge is agreeing that the prosecution uh, uh, is going to be getting these records. Well, let's see, ladies and gentlemen, what the records show. Five Hillary Clinton associates are already expected to assert their Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination in the trial. It's never a good look. Which prosecutors have alleged a conspiracy to invent the idea that Trump colluded with Russia and plant it in the media and feed it to law enforcement, which is, of course, what happened here, ladies and gentlemen. What they did was the wrap-up smear. We've played it time and time again. Nancy Pelosi saying, we, we smear our opponents and then we merchandise it to the media, and then we uh, we say, hey, look, the press has reported on the fact that Donald Trump has connections with Russia. That's what's happening right now, and that's what's happened to Donald Trump. He was a victim of the wrap-up smear. This is going to be hopefully wrapped up in a criminal conspiracy theory that leads all the way up to Mark Eilis or Hillary Clinton. I doubt that Hillary Clinton was giving the orders here, but who knows? Who knows? If she was, you know, uh, you know jail. Whoever was giving these orders, somebody was at the top coordinating all of this. So who was it? That's what Durham is seeking to find out. He's going in on this, and we are very excited that he's winning these cases. It looks like dark days ahead for Hillary Clinton. We'll see. Donald Trump, last night, seemed ready to run again in 2024. I'd say he looks spry. He looks younger than ever. He was lucid. He was able to gather sentences together in his brain. He was able to deliver a speech. He was able to sit and watch a movie. He was eating popcorn. He was like, he was like walking around without somebody grabbing his arm or telling him what to do in an earpiece. Donald Trump was fit and ready to go last night. Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, man. If that's, if that's their hopes, if their hopes is that Hillary steps in and like takes over for Biden, woof. <laughs> that is a rough road. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here for it, though. We are here to be spitting truth and to be bringing you the stories that the corporate press, of course, do not want to cover. We are here to excite and to bring the base out to let you know that not all is lost. We want to create a community here that want, wishes and wants to build greater things, to build beautiful things, and to remake this diseased temple that we wish to collapse in on itself, the corrupt and the ruined and the wrecked organizations and people who have been around far too long, who have screwed up far too much, and we wish to push them out into retirement, all right? Hopefully early retirement. But a lot of people who are running this country are like 80 years old, so maybe they should have retired like, I don't know, 20 years ago. We'd be in a better spot. We're excited about the future. We are passionate here on The Benny Show because we have our priorities straight. God, family, country. And we were born free men and women, and we intend to stay that way. My name is Benny Johnson. This has been The Benny Show. Thanks for watching.